He was the face of the New York Yankees and the most admired player in baseball. The captain tells the story of Derek Jeter's life and Hall of Fame career. Catch the final episode on Thursday, August 11th at 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN and stream all seven episodes on ESPN+. ESPN, in partnership with Peyton Manning's Omaha Productions, present Make Bets with Moxie with betting expert Katie Mox and her merry band of gambling insiders as they preview lines, spreads, parlays, and props with personality and the kind of advice they would give themselves. That's Moxie Bets. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of DC and RC. I'm Daniel Cormier. That's Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark, listen. In that opening, my guy, you got a red suit on when you was talking to Max Holloway. It was clean. Did you see that red <laughs> with the blue shirt underneath? And it was fire, wasn't it? That was a fire outfit. Hey, I'm man. not going to lie. You know hey. I love to hate, too. Hey, DC, you know, during the season, man, because I'm working from ESPN mm. right before NFL Live, I can bring you some of the suits. Um, right now, I'm a little displaced, though, so all you get is the T-shirt. Yeah. Yeah, all I get is a T-shirt. But yesterday, I see you on the on the field with one of my favorite coaches in the NFL, Mike Tomlin. I mean, you on this tour, the training camp tour with the Pivot. Tell me how it was being back out there uh, with the Steelers. And, Ryan, why are you in full-on clothes again? Like, put on some shorts, my guy. <laughs> DC, you know I don't wear shorts, brother, but it was amazing to be back, man. We were at Latrobe High School, which is where we practice for what's called Friday Night Lights. It got rained out, so they went there so the fans could see them. And, man, I got to sign autograph, talk to a ton of the fans that I knew when I played there, and then obviously see all of the guys, Coach Tomlin, Mr. Rooney, uh, Omar Khan, who's actually from um, Metairie, went to Rummel High School, who's yeah. now the new GM, another Louisiana boy. And so it was really good, man, to be back, kind of feel that energy, feel that vibe. You know, the closest I get to that now is obviously, you know, working on NFL Live, doing stuff with you and then doing the pivot. That's the closest you get to those teammates. So it was good to be back out there. Yeah, it was nice to be back. But then you go and jam a knife right in their back and go right to the Browns because I see the Browns right behind you right now. You with the Steelers. You love the Steelers. Then you stab them in the back and go right to the Browns. You know, that's crazy, man. It's two times a day, too, because we released the Cincinnati Bengals wide receivers oh. on the pivot today. And they talked about Denzel Ward. So we wanted to come here and talk to him a little bit as well, man. So listen, mm. this is what it is, bro. This is the job. You have to be unbiased and give everyone a voice, D.C. But we all know yeah. it's black and gold, man, until I die. That's what I'm talking about. R.C., you mentioned unbiased. Well, coming up on the show, people have said that I'm going to be biased in my commentary when we are joined by Islam Makashev. You always accuse me of being biased. But we also get joined by the man that headlines this weekend down in San Diego, Dominic Cruz. We also yeah. won't go back to last weekend, and that's where we start. But Ryan Clark, before we even get to the fight, Jamal Hill and Tiago Santos, we got to step fly. <laughs> I mean, because Jamal Hill, Ryan. DC. Ooh, I mean, was on fire, right? Look at him. That is a winner's outfit right there, DC. I'm talking about we got we got the animal print on the tuxedo coat and the bow tie. Listen, he came not to take part but to take over. And what we saw in the octagon later was the only thing as close to impressive as his walk-in suit. This is Step and Fly for show. Yeah, you know he's Step and Fly right there. You know, but Ryan, you know what's crazy about that? Like, I love, I love how nice he looked, right? And I'm not going to lie. I don't mind the apex still. I don't mind every nine and go. Right. But that outfit, that's, 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 that's an arena outfit, right, RC? Like, you walk into but, the but, apex... But, but, D.C., this is the thing, though, right? You got to dress for the fight you want, not the fight you have. You see what I'm okay. saying? So he's just practicing for when he gets that mm. title shot in a few more fights. He wants to make mm. sure that this is an outfit that gives him the walk-in mm -hmm. look that he's looking mm -hmm. for. See, you, you're not thinking far yeah, enough ahead, I'm not. D.C. What, you want the man to be in Wranglers in a T-shirt? I mean, you know, honestly, you, know, I, you show up to the apex, you dress yourself. I guess I dressed myself nice for my last fight against Stipe. I stepped absolutely fly. I get it. I get it. But, you know, <laughs> that seemed to me like a pay-per-view outfit, but he still looked good. But, Ryan, not only did he look good in his Damn. walkout, in the fight, he won. Biggest one of his career against mm -hmm. Tiago Santos. Now, I spoke to him. We spoke to him last week, and we talked about 
how at times when he got to that big moment against Paul Craig before he he faltered. This time he didn't falter when in reality it looked like he was on his way to blowing it again against Thiago Santos because Thiago kept taking him down a game plan that didn't look like he expected. But the moment Jamal Hill got an opportunity, the moment Jamal Hill had a chance to jump all over and finish Thiago Santos, he did exactly that. So when you watch this fight Saturday night because you never miss, what do you take from Jamal Hill's performance? DC, you know, when the fight was going on, it's, a, it's about the third round, and Thiago Santos started to get those takedowns like more frequently, right? Jamal Hill yep. wasn't defending them as well. And I thought that was a sign of fatigue. But also in watching the fight, I realized how much energy you have to exert to take a man down that many times. Mm. And you could see that both of these men were a little gassed in between the round. And here's what I took from Jamal Hill's finish. When it came time that it was fight or flight, when he had to make a decision because he was getting, getting fatigued, he went straight into the power of Tiago Santos. He met Tiago Santos where so many other fighters previously would never meet him. And that was right in the pocket, right in a place where he could be touched, but also where he could touch Tiago Santos. And he said on this show last week, I understand that you're going to have to walk through the fire in mm -hmm. order to get done what I want to get done. And that was the most impressive part to me. I felt like he tasted Tiago Santos's power and he continued to move forward. But when Tiago Santos felt Jamal Hill's power in that round, I watched him retreat. And that was something I had never seen. DC, when you look at Tiago Santos and the way that he was finished, is this as impressive of a win for Jamal Hill that, as it would have been two or three years ago? I don't think it's that. I think uh, time has shown us that Tiago's not the same guy. Like, let's call it a, sp a spade a spade. Look, man, guys are going to get mad at you. I'm at a point now in my life where I, I just got to say what I got to say, RZ. I cannot try and protect people's feelings anymore. Tiago Santos isn't the guy that we saw go 25 minutes with John Jones. He's just not. But the right. reality is he was having a good fight. He was doing some good things and showed that he was more prepared for this one then we have seen him in a little bit you know so Tiago Santos was fighting a decent fight but I felt like the story of this fight was as it is on so many occasions the, the build Tiago Santos is like I'm the more powerful guy I'm going to go at him he's gonna have to retreat but then the moment that they started to trade Jamal was much more willing to stand and trade you remember what your boy Nathan Diaz said oh you a wrestler now Tiago Santos starts to wrestle when you know during mm -hmm. training camp. He yeah. didn't prepare for that. He didn't prepare for that wrestling heavy attack because he wouldn't have gotten so tired. When you are ready mm -hmm. to go out there and wrestle for 25 minutes, you can hold up to the fatigue that starts to set in whenever you're pursuing takedown after takedown. He wrestled because he had to. And I think that is a credit to Jamal Hill and the power he possesses and his willingness to stand and trade with a guy that was for so long thought to be this most dominant striker, this powerful guy, yeah. Jamal Hill showed, I'm not afraid of nothing. I'm going at this dude. I'm going to try to knock him out, and he's going to start trying to wrestle me. When he got his chance, he got that finish. Huge for Jamal Hill, but I don't believe, Ryan, that it earns him a championship opportunity just yet. I feel like with the champ, Yuri Prohoshka, going, let me have Glover again because I fought so bad. We may see Jamal in a big spot against the former champion, Jan Bohovic, and I think a win over that guy would ultimately lead to him fighting for the championship. I mean, that's awesome, DC, that for Jamal Hill, these are the conversations you're now going to start having of him oh. is about fighting top five ranked fighters, which gives you an opportunity oh, to eventually challenge for the championship. When you look at that night, there were many people mm. who I thought had impressive performances. And we also got to see Mo Usman join his brother Kamaru Usman as as the ultimate fighter winner. When you look at, at, at the, the ending of that fight, right, the straight left hand that put his opponent down, and then you see some of the Francis Ngannou tweets that, you know, this is a guy I don't want any smoke with in the heavyweight <laughs> division. What's the feeling you get in the prospects of seeing Mo Usman or Muhammad Usman in the uh, UFC? You know, Exciting. But Ryan, let's not go crazy here. Francis is doing what they call in the business, putting his friend over. 
that's you know it's it's an old <laughs> wrestling term where Ric Flair would go and do the job for some guy in in Memphis in his territory where nobody else saw it. Francis Ngannou knows that Muhammad Usman is not at that level just yet, but he's putting him over. He's propping him up. I believe that this is a massive moment for the Usman family because I saw in the build a picture of them at an apartment complex in Africa. They're all just standing on the complex in front of those rails to have two sons now come to America, both win the ultimate fighter, one become who Kamaru Usman is, the pound for pound best fighter in the world. And now you watch Muhammad go and win the ultimate fighter in the fashion that he did Truly amazing. Now, he's a bit limited still. He's still got a lot of work to do, but I believe that there's time because they don't rush mm -hmm. ultimate fighter winners into big fights right now. They'll put him in there with guys that they think that he can manage, and as he improves, he'll get better. Because if you remember, Kamaru was not this guy before. Kamaru was always a good fighter. He was a scary guy, but he wasn't this, knocking out Jorge Masvidal. He wasn't going mm -hmm. 50 minutes with Colby Cut. He wasn't that. So it takes right. time, but ultimately, congratulations to the Usman family. Yeah, you know, to me, it was it was exciting to watch this take place, watching the Ultimate Fighter on ESPN Plus, and I feel like you get to know who these fighters are on a deeper level than just what they're doing in the octagon. And so, when you think of one family coming from the beginnings that both Kamaru and Muhammad came from, and now both being the Ultimate Fighter winner, I think that's amazing. But you know what? We have a card that's coming up this weekend, DC. That's pretty stacked, and we're seeing dominant fight night at the dominant fight night. And this week is headed by Cheeto Vera and Dominique Cruz. Dominic. Cruz, I'm sorry, and we have Dominic Cruz coming up, and we're going to get one round with one of the best that's ever done. And we are so blessed. We're about to go one round with one of the best that's ever done it in former champ Dominic Cruz. Dom, thank you so much for joining us, man. Uh, we're excited to talk to you. Also, excited to get to see you do what you do better than most people in the world. How excited are you to be back inside the octagon against a top five opponent as it seems like you're starting to start your reign or start your 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 journey to another shot at the title. Yeah, I just feel a lot of gratitude for that. What you just said, you know, I've had a lot of ups and downs in my career. If you followed um, from injuries to winning the, the title to losing the title to facing the best in the world and, you know, being on uh, undercard on the main event of undercards, it's been a lot. Yeah. I've pretty much felt every single thing you can feel in the game. So it feels good to be here. Cruz, you know, you and I, last last time I saw you was in Austin, right? We worked the show together and you were like, hey, look, time to buckle down. I'm out going into training camp. Mm -hmm. We had a little bit of a conversation where you said, every fight for me now is the title fight. What is that mm -hmm. thought in regards to Chito Vera? Because the guy's on the roll. Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, you know, DC, when, when, you're, fight, when you're fighting five rounds, that's a title fight. Um, three rounds is not a title fight. It's that simple. So um, when you move to a five-round fight and you're facing a top five contender, that's, that's the highest level of sport. It's the best. Any of the top five could be a champion at any given moment, so you always got to be ready to adjust. And uh, that's who I'm facing. That's where I'm at right now, and I love it. Dom, the, the one thing that's always fascinated me as, as a fan in watching you fight was the different places your strikes could come from, the type of movement you have inside the octagon. And it always seemed that your opponent was working the entire fight to figure you out. Figure you out. When you go into a fight against Chito Vera, what are, some of the, what are some of the problems that could arise in fighting him? What are some of the things that you have to make sure you're ready for once you step into the octagon? Well, he uses all, all eight limbs really well. When you watch his fight against Frankie Edgar, you can see that he uh, does a good job with the pressure and with the hands and gets him switching stance. He switches stance a lot. He looks. He uses all his weapons well, and then he goes up the middle with the kicks, and he goes around with the kicks. Um, as a southpaw, he likes that body kick. As a southpaw, he likes that left straight. And then he, he sets you up thinking about those things, and then he comes up the middle with the cheap kicks. He pressures a lot. He's got a really good guard. So as he fought against Rob Font, you can see he covered up and uh, uses his shield to get you to really wear yourself out. And so you got to be very economically smart with him. You have to you have to use a lot of experience when you fight a guy like Vera. And uh, fortunate for me, I've, I've faced a lot of different styles. And so 
I know that I'll, I have confidence, trust, and faith in myself that I'll just adjust to the style as I'm in there and, um, you know, use my movement. And I got to be slick and I got to be quick. That That's always two of the keys for me. You know, Don, when you look at the division and it was time to accept the fight, because one thing that I feel, and you know, and I've spoken this to you in person and I've spoken it around the world, you are the greatest bantamweight of all time. When you are looking at a fight that starts to propel you back into the championship picture and there's all these guys in the top five, what did the decision come down to when you accept the Cheeto Vera? Because what I know is that a guy with your credentials gets to almost choose the path. What came, what went into the Cheeto decision being the guy? Is it a respect thing? Is it the challenge of the matchup? What went into you saying, you know what? I'll accept the Cheeto fight as the fight that will get me a title shot. Well, what I'm hearing from you, DC, is that you have had the choice because you're Daniel Cormier. <laughs> oh, come on. You do too. I have not had a choice. I choose the date. I don't choose the opponent. Okay. I don't get to choose that. There's two. Have you seen my division? It's one of the most stacked divisions in the world. It's so yeah. crazy. And, and I come from two undercard fights. So they're not just, you know, I don't get to choose who I'm fighting. If I if I chose, I wouldn't have been on another card. You know what I'm saying? I'd be main eventing for the title if I got to choose. So mm-hmm. here I am main eventing. I don't get to choose, but I don't have as good relationships with Dana and uh, Monster as oh, you. Oh, so Dominic, you- don't you do this. <laughs> Dominic, don't, you, Dominic, don't you do this. Hey, no. hey, all I'm saying is the facts right now, okay? You no, you're not, Cruz. Cruz. I don't get to choose. I'm here to win. I'm here to fight. Oh, my goodness. And right. Vera is I, always, that guy. I fall for this shit every time. I fall for this every time. I always put myself in his in his crosshairs. I'm not saying that I have better relationships or anything. Dom. I'm saying that as a champion or a two-time champion, there are some built-in, like, like uh, you get options in, in terms of, I'm not saying you could have said, I want to fight this guy for, you know, for the fight titles. What are my options, so you, DC? Let the world know. I'm Let pretty sure know, you could have fought a Piotr Jan. Or you could have fought, speed, I'm saying you could have fought a Piotr Jan. You probably got offered a Piotr Jan. I'm pretty sure you got offered all those different guys. And she don't know. I did not get those offers. Oh, I, I kind of imagine that you would have. You're Dominic Cruz. I, I love the way you hold me at, at that standard. But if we're being honest, DC, I think the UFC is the biggest, most well-known uh, organization in the sport, I think that they know they don't really need any of us at the highest level. We all work together. So I think that they just wanted to make this fight happen because um, Vera's on a win streak. And to be honest, I think because he's at, he's been a little bit more active than me is why they made this fight happen too. Um, I've had a, I haven't been quite as active as him. I have wanted the right date at the right time. And what's crazy is it happened to be in San Diego. And my body worked yeah. for me. I was able to get all my rounds in on sparring. And everything's really flowing well, man. I'm, I'm excited about how everything kind of just lined up perfectly. You know what? I, I love hearing that, though, because obviously D.C. has lived a life that not many of us have, Dominic. You know, oh D.C. has God. choices. And he's always <laughs> been he's always been on the main card. Like, he's fought for championships as soon as he gets. It's just it's crazy this the dude. type of love. And the the type of privilege, the Dana White privilege that Daniel that. Cormier's had. That. Yes, it's that. It's crazy. Right, you, I mean, right. you don't I even know what you're doing, Ryan. I knew he would pick a co-host yeah. that said things with sensibility because you have oh. to. There's there's got to be another side. Have to. There has got to be, be balanced, bro. Thank you. RC. Thank you. <laughs> Dominic, have how much how much thought have have you given? into what happens after this fight. How much um, longer do you plan to fight? And this is one thing DC can attest to because he's competed at the highest level against the best guys. You really try not to think ahead. I know you hear that a lot, but you know, I was just talking to my friends, like people, hey, what are you doing for the after party? Are you gonna go on a vacation after? It's like my brain won't allow me to enjoy mm. my life beyond that point. Because to a fighter like myself, I really prepare myself to die on that night. Like I've been nice in my interviews. Mm. I'm nice and respectful to wow. Cheeto because I know what he is, but I am, 
I am prepared that I've lived my life exactly how I want to. And if I am to die on that night, I am ready to die on that night. Therefore, there's nothing after that. I'm ready to no. I'm ready to fight. This dude that's right real. here, A. Ryan Clark, that, that's, that's, that's deep. Real, bro. That's deep, Cruz, because that's the mentality you yeah. have to have. And that is what has made you so special for so long in this yeah. game. And I cannot wait to see uh, your beautiful city of San Diego. And I cannot wait to have the privilege of calling your fight and stepping into the octagon after the fight to interview you. My man, Dominic Cruz, enjoy fight week, my Best friend. Luck, brother. And I will see you later. Thank you for joining Thanks, us. Yeah. Love you, DC. My man. Love you too, buddy. <laughs> What a fantastic fight card that goes to Abu Dhabi. But if you're going to Abu Dhabi, you got to bring one of the guys from Dagestan. And we are bringing <laughs> Islam Makashev. And now it's time to go one round with a guy that has his eyes on the lightweight championship of the world. Islam, brother, how are you? What's up, brother? I'm good. How are you? You're going to be there in Abu Dhabi? Hey, 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 I'm going to be there, brother. Listen, listen. Brother, get off this motorcycle, brother. Please train. Why you got this on this wall behind you? Where are you? To a coffee shop? No, no. I'm in my house. No more motorcycle or all this stuff before the title fight. Just training. Good. Good. I like Islam. that. Islam. Islam, so let me ask you this. All right? This is a very important mm -hmm. question. You have not lost a fight in a long time. The last time you lost was way back in 2013, something like this. But you go into title fights now as massive favorites over the champion. Mm -hmm. As a guy who owns the last victory over you in the wrestling match at the gym, how good does it feel to be <laughs> a favorite again? Because the last time me and you wrestle, I get the victory. You know, this guy Romero <laughs> Cotton, best decision of all time, you ask me. Brother, we have to watch the video inside the gym because <laughs> this is bullshit decision, brother. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you I mean? I take him down. I take you down, brother, but referee is very bullshit guy. Hey, no matter. Hey, hey, Islam, the one thing we know about DC is that he's a cheater, bro. And so I 100% yes, yes. believe you took him down. This is number 100%. He cheated always. Hey, DC, we have, before all my fights, like training camp together, you're going to come to Dagestan, help me a little bit? So I need to go. Wait, you're not coming to California this time? No, because I fight in Abu Dhabi very close here. Why I have to come to USA? You have to come yeah. to Dagestan. You captain of American Kickboxing <laughs> Academy. That's why you have to come and help right, your fighters. Two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. I'll be there. I'll come. I'll come to Dagestan for one week. I'll come help you train. Islam. Okay. You are fighting Charles uh, Oliveira. Tell me about yes. the fight. Talk to me about Charles as an opponent. Talk to me about mm. the challenge that you face in Abu Dhabi. Uh, Charles is very good. You know, he have good win streak. He beat a lot of tough opponents. But, you know, for me, this is embarrassing when UFC lightweight champion asks someone like uh, Nate Diaz or Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor, who, who win like five years ago. No, nobody remember when these guys both like or Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor win some fight. He tried to call Diaz McGregor, but he forget my name. Now he and when he when they ask about me, he say I he need money or something like this. But when he fight with Dustin or or Justin Gaethje, he don't think about money. Now when he say he have to fight for this Islam. He always try to he try to say I wanna fight in Brazil, I wanna fight in Endos here, or I need some money. That's so why, you think he's making excuses. To, you yeah. think he's making excuses. Yes. This is the guy scared you. You, know, you think he's scared of Of course, of course. He try to he try to like he say Islam have to fight one more time or something like this. But you see, tell him, hey, if you're not. Uh, take this fight. We're gonna give some uh, chance to Michael Chandler. That's why he he take this fight. You know, Islam. Uh, Charles Oliveira put out a video, and he's basically saying that you were too cocky right now. That you know that's gonna be your downfall in a fight against a guy like Charles Oliveira. Do you feel or are you too confident headed into a fight? Or can this guy even compete with you within the octagon? 
you know he say uh, Islam and his team like uh, arrogant because they change something but this guy say if Islam want we can fight in the, if we can start this fight in the ground on, or we can start in the grappling he he does he don't he don't give me respect that's why we I try to I say about him something now he say his team and he like arrogant I don't know I don't understand this guy he so tried to believe... make money you know <laughs> he tried to it's take, always about make the money. money yeah but money is important Islam doesn't speak money is important Islam. Nobody understands this guy. He doesn't speak English. English is important. If you want to make money, you have to speak some language which everybody understands. So Nobody understands what he's saying. Right. Right. This guy. Bro, this dude, bro. Of, <laughs> this dude's out of control. Islam. Islam. Yes. Listen. Yeah. As you prepare for Charles Oliveira, and you go back and look at him beating Dustin Poirier, beating Michael Chandler, beating Justin Gaethje. There has to be a healthy respect for his skills, right? He's got tremendous yeah. stand-up. He's a fantastic ground guy. Like, when you look at him as an opponent, do you think you can just smash this guy? Or do you respect, like, hey, this guy's very dangerous for me? Brother, well, everybody who say Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, or other guy, they all, all guys, they all, you know, they have money, these guys. They don't to challenge. We have new blood. Me, Gamrod, Benil Darius. This really, really tough guy for him. Tough, tough fight for him. Because Dustin Pore or Justin Gaethje, they're never grappling. Just striking. That's why this is easy fight for him. But he know Islam Mahachev, very hard fight for him. Listen, we, we all know how difficult of a fight this is going to be for Charles Oliveira. But when I watch Charles Oliveira, I've seen his game continue to grow, continue to progress, get better as a striker. He shows He's so striker. much power. He's all striker. All fighters who, who he beat, this guy's all striking. They're not finished. What if you can't take him down? What if you can't take him down? Exactly. That's, that's my question. I, I, I'm going to take him down very, very fast. Listen, <laughs> he, he finished he finish all his opponent, brother. And his all opponents strike it. But Tony Ferguson have a little bit grappling. He cannot finish him. He almost tore Tony Ferguson's shoulder out of place. Tony Ferguson, hard fight for him. He fight all five rounds because Tony Ferguson know about grappling something. Not too much, but he knows something. You, 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 so, you, all right. I know you. I know you so that you're. I know what you're. I know what you're doing. A little bit. I know you talk a little bit crazy. This guy, you respect. You respect that. But you, you really believe you're gonna smash this guy? Of course, I really believe because brother, he lose in the UFC seven times, brother. He's not gonna upset if he he lose if he lose one more time. <laughs> Islam, how long? People finish him <laughs> seven times, brother. UFC, some guys finish him seven times. Fighters and this guy champion, and this guy champion in my division. I'm very upset because. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is this: Islam Makachev at the Abu Dhabi will be the lightweight champion of the world. There's no doubt, guaranteed. Islam Makachev is gonna be new lightweight champion in Abu Dhabi, and Islam gonna beat all this guy who is gonna put in front of him. Doesn't matter who is next. And you I'm know, not going to choose opponent. I'm not going to choose opponent. I'm not going to say I want Conor McGregor or some money fight or something like that. I'm going to beat who you say give me. Islam, you are the man, bro. Like, we love having He's you man, on. Like, bro. We would love this to have awesome. you on more. Like, you can bring a little bit of honesty to the show because you are a very, very <laughs> honest man. Islam, I will see you in Dagestan. How long? One month? When you want me to come? I'll be there. But tomorrow, come tomorrow, bro. Oh yeah, you buy it's my ticket. You buy tomorrow. my flight, first class, private flight, private flight. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Now we have we have my some brother. guy, brother, who gonna buy for you first class or private plane. What 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 you want? Doesn't matter. Yeah, it's man. done, DC. 
Islam, I cannot wait to see you in Abu Dhabi, my brother. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. And we will see you at UFC 280. See you, brother. I'm going to come to Abu Dhabi in best shape. And, I, and, and you still will not be able to beat me. Bye, Islam. Get off my show. You're done. <laughs> Thank, you, <man. laughs> Thank you. RC. Thank you. Thank RC, you, guys. RC. See you. All right. Thank you, Islam. RC. Thank hey, you. yo, this guy, he's like very matter of fact. Huh? He just he tells it how it is. He just tells the truth, this guy. Hey, he's Bro, still on. Church. He's still on. The guy won't he's hang up. Don't the guy won't hang up. You know, you know this. You know everything. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. <laughs> hey, DC, that dude is out of control, bro. Like, absolutely. We had him on before, and he didn't talk that much. And you said yourself that Islam had a lot more personality than we saw the first time, but I'm going to ask mm -hmm. you because, you know, you've trained with him. You've, you've seen him up close and personal. And I know this from playing football. Sometimes when you watch someone practice, you get to see how great they are even mm -hmm. more than seeing them actually play a game or actually step into the octagon and fight. When you hear the level of confidence that he has, do you think that's warranted? Like how can he feel this confidence Confident know, against a guy like Charles Oliveira. RC, it's real, bro. It's it's actually real, my brother. Like, this is not him putting on. This guy believes that he is that good. He believes that Charles Oliveira will not be able to compete with him. It's honestly, it's honestly like it's all rooted in how hard they train, though, Ryan. Like, these guys aren't cutting corners, these guys aren't taking days off, these guys are working at a level that not many people can match, and that's where the confidence comes from. And that's something that mm -hmm. you see from a lot of those guys, right? You saw it in Habib. You saw, I mean, it, it just permeates from them that they are just confident. They believe in the work. They believe they're going to be world champion, and I believe Islam is going to do that. But, Ryan, we are going to fight UFC 280, but some big news is starting to break about UFC 281, I believe, One. in Madison mm -hmm. Square Garden. That is going to be a fantastic fight card. Now we know headline by Islam, or by sorry, by Israel Adesanya versus Alex Alex Pejeda. And Islam, or sorry, I'm still saying Islam. Adesanya was on yep. ESPN last week. Let's take a listen. Have I ever shied away from a fight? I've always I've always picked the the guy no one wants to fight, the guy everyone everyone runs away from. I run towards. So yeah, I run towards the fire, and this is no different. And again, I after he beat me, you know, in Brazil, I never had any plans of trying to get revenge or anything like that because I don't hold on to things. I let go of things. But again, I'm telling you, the universe has presented this to me, and it's right there. It's the perfect alley oop, and I'm gonna slam. I'm gonna slam this. B I'm excited to have someone who's gonna attack me, who's gonna actually try and finish me. And this is the story of this fight because he's done it before in the past in kickboxing. So for me, it's like, is he going to get knocked out or am I going to get knocked out? So that's why you have to tune in and find out. RC, the other day after Dallas, Kai Car France fought and uh, I ran into the champ and I had a conversation with him and he walked up to me and he said, DC, I, I spent some time with George St. Pierre in Canada. He goes in, 
At times as the champion of the world, you can be very uh, alone. He goes, so talking to guys like you and, and George, you kind of get to people that understand it. He goes, but I promise you, this one is going to be so different. And I knew in that conversation that he was knowing that the fight was coming. So he was setting his mind to beat a guy that's beaten him twice. But he said something very key in that snippet, RC. He said, I'm finally going to get a guy that attacks me. You and I both know Edesanya is mm-hmm. a masterful counter striker. Is Pajeda going to play into his game by just attacking him? Or do you take much from the kickboxing fight? Because as I break it down, I really don't know. I don't know what to expect. But I do feel like we well, finally think- got a guy that can match Izzy on his terms. Yeah, and I, I think that's the excitement of the fight. The most telling thing that he said to me in the clip was, am I going to get knocked out or is he going to get knocked out? I've listened to Israel Adesanya do a lot of press. I've listened to him talk a ton of times. Never have I heard him even question if it was a possibility of him getting knocked out. You really mm. never heard him even talk about a negative going into a fight that he could even lose. That's the reality of fighting Alex Pereira, that it can happen, that this can be something we see. And Israel Adesanya knows that already. And I believe that if you're Alex, you are going to press. You are going to attack. Because what about your two previous meetings with Israel Adesanya says that your approach is wrong, right? Everybody else in the UFC watches and studies him and says, you know what? You can't attack him because he's such an electric counter striker. That doesn't pertain to Alex because he's been inside a ring with him. It will be an octagon this time, and it worked out. So this is going to be exciting. DC, do you see this fight from a strategic standpoint, either of these guys having to change who they are to win? I got to say this. You're getting good. You're you're getting good, (laughs) RC. Because I, 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 I seriously... I took the counter-striking approach. I didn't realize him going, maybe I'll go back to sleep. <laughs> you don't hear mm-hmm. Israel Asanya be that transparent. Yeah. You don't hear that from most champions being that transparent. Mm. That's a good, that's a good uh yeah. that's a good point. Good job, Ryan. And you know, and I think God, that, look at this guy. And, and doesn't that and, and for, for you though, DC, after seeing Israel Adesanya kind of get in that place that we saw George St. Pierre. For a time, we saw Anderson Silva. Well, there's such these dominant champions, but when they have mm-hmm. fights and they're not I- explosive or they're not knocking people out, you start to get booed or people start to get a little bored yeah, with them. Bored. When mm-hmm. what is your level of excitement to see Israel Adesanya in a real fight again? Probably like yeah. we haven't seen since uh, Kelvin Gastelum. You know, exciting. I'm very excited. I'm very excited about the prospects of him being in there with someone that can match him at his greatest skill. But the reality is this. Israel Adesanya is no longer a kickboxer. He is a full-on mixed martial artist. You could never become the world champion in the UFC without possessing a well-rounded skill set. Problem is, he's got some demons to deal with in regards to Pajeda that he generally doesn't have to deal with. He doesn't have to deal with guys owning victories over him. He doesn't have to deal with guys having the ability to stand and trade with him, knowing that they can beat him in those exchanges. But I do believe that Pajeda's willingness to go and try to recreate the magic that he had in kickboxing will put him in harm's way with Mm. Adesanya. Because even in the second fight, Pajeda knocked him out. But it was a very competitive fight with Izzy having a lot of moments in that fight. Mm -hmm. Here's the difference. These guys are fighting with 10-ounce gloves. They have four-ounce yeah. gloves now inside an octagon with people going absolutely crazy. This fight is suitable and most suited for a venue like Madison Square Garden for the yeah. annual UFC trip out to New York City, the Big Apple. And that's not it, though. We're also hearing that Dustin Poirier is going to fight Michael Chandler. Mm-hmm. So you've got two grudge matches now that are probably going to be booked for Madison Square, where you got Poirier versus Chandler targeted, but you also have Edesanya versus Pajeda confirmed. But when we look at this one, Mm -hmm. these are the ones we like, right? It's got the bad blood. Dustin Poirier is acting like he's straight out of Lafayette, Louisiana. 
Michael That's Chandler now saying that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Michael yeah. Chandler. <laughs> Michael Chandler saying stuff like, I feel like Dustin is now at a point where he's ripe for the picking. He's got money because he fought McGregor three twice mm -hmm. recently. He lost his last title fight. It's now time to fight Dustin. I think Dustin's one of the best in the world, but he also had a couple counter fights. I've got money. Dustin is secure. Money in the bank. He's older, and it's very hard for him to make the weight. He's talking about going up to 170. Michael Chandler now sees him as the ideal time to fight the diamond. RC, Michael's a friend of the show. Is he right or is he wrong? You know, to me, I always think it's a dangerous street to start walking on when you're mm -hmm. questioning the greats, right? Because yep. it's sometimes, and you know this saying, DC, the old folks said back at the crib, let sleeping dogs lie, right? You, you don't yeah. want to wake that sleeping dog up. Yeah, he might have money, right? He, he might have a tough time making the weight, but you know what he ain't? He ain't soft. Right, boy, boys from boys from the boot. We don't play about disrespect, and so now mm -hmm. you have Dustin Poirier that actually has a grudge against you. You guys have had words, and on top of having words, you're doing all of these things that can motivate one of the best in the world at lightweight, and that's the guy you're fighting. Now, what we know about Michael Chandler, he does not shy away from explosive contact. Right, Michael yep. Chandler runs to the smoke not away from the smoke. He is a UFC fire, firefighter. But when you think about these two dudes, DC, I don't necessarily know that Dustin's ripe for the picking. I think that Dustin's always going to be someone that understands when I have to lock it down and be ready to step up in the octagon. How do you see this fight playing out stylistically with Dustin being mm. such an accurate, precise striker and also Michael Chandler being willing to stand in the pocket and trade with anyone in the UFC. Fun. It's going to be, you remember Michael Chandler's last fight in Madison Square it was him and Justin Gaethje just beating the crap out I of each other. I just watched it again, bro. <laughs> I just watched it again. So when you go back and you just want to watch a fight because you want to enjoy the violence, watch Michael Chandler's fights and he's about to be in another one because him and Dustin Poirier are going to beat the crap out of each other. And if, like you said, Ryan, don't like disrespect. You start to feel played. Guys, go to the Urban mm -hmm. Dictionary. Look at what feeling <laughs> played, played means. It, it, <laughs> dog, to people from Louisiana, what you don't, don't want me. is to feel played. Don't play me, whatever you do. Yeah. Dustin Poirier will probably feel played now. And if he wasn't motivated, I think what he's showing is give me five rounds. Make this a longer fight. That tells me that Dustin's saying, I'm here for all the smoke. My motivation mm -hmm. should not be questioned. I want two extra rounds with this dude. When I look at the matchup, though, Michael Chandler isn't willing to make this easy, even though he potentially could. Because you mm -hmm. saw in Poirier fight with Habib, he struggled with the takedowns. Charles Oliveri struggled yep. with the takedowns. Chandler has that ability. But Chandler yes. is unwilling to take the easy route. He wants to stand and trade, mm. and it makes for some fantastic fights. And I cannot wait to get to Madison Square Garden. And not only am I going to Madison Square, I'm going to go to Bristol on Tuesday when you're there yeah. for NFL Live. And first, Let's I'm going to beat you and pop a shot again. I'm going to beat you and pop no, a shot not. again. And then we're going to sit and do this show live again. Man, I can't wait to do that, man. But I'll tell you this, DC, the thing – that I always say while watching Michael Chandler fight, and it was it was saying the same thing in the first round against Tony Ferguson is, why don't you wrestle, right? Remember <laughs> how explosive the takedown he had against Justin Gaethje was, how powerful mm -hmm. it was, and and and, and how how it really it didn't change the dynamic of the fight, but you thought to yourself, you should do that more. And I am interested in seeing if that's something that Michael Chandler goes to the same way he went to it at the end of the first round against Tony Ferguson. But you know what time it is, D.C., man. We can't ever come on D.C. and R.C. and not get an opportunity to tap in and tap out. Gilbert Burns has been calling for a fight against Jorge Masvidal. Jorge has now come out and said that he prefers a fight against Conor McGregor over Gilbert Burns. So, R.C., tap in or tap out. Masvidal versus McGregor is better than Masvidal versus Burns. I actually tap in on this. I tap in on the the style the style of fight it will be. I tap in on it being a better fight 
for Jorge Masvidal. Listen, Gilbert Burns, after what we got to see against him with him and, and Hamza Chimaev, is in a different place than Jorge Masvidal is. Jorge Masvidal is looking for another B. MF fight. And that's not what Gilbert Burns is trying to do. Gilbert Burns is trying to destroy you, win, and get another shot at the title. So for Jorge Masvidal, I definitely tap in on that. And I think that'll be a great fight for Connor as well. I tap out. I actually tap out, Ryan. I, I disagree. Because the reality is this. Here, here you go. Let me let me explain to you. Because as much as I agree with your points about him being at a different place in his career, Masvidal doesn't give us that perception. He still gives us this perception uh, that he's the baddest dude. He still gives us this perception that he's the man, right? He says stuff yeah. like, "He's dude, for years he has ignored Leon Edwards. But the other day he said, Leon talks about giving me a title shot if he beats Usman. Dude, you saying you want to be the champion, but you didn't want to give this guy the time of day whenever you were fighting for the championships. And I like right. Jorge Masvidal. I think he's a great guy. So the perception is that he still wants to be the man without having to go through Kamaru Usman. And then don't fight Gilbert Burns. If you want to still be the man, go fight Gilbert Burns. Earn that yeah. title shot opposed to fighting Conor McGregor. That's why I tap out. I believe that he's perceiving or he's given the idea that he still wants to be. Hey, if you want to have fun fights and make money, go ahead. Hats off to you, but right. let us know that. Corporate Jake. Tony Ferguson has decided to head to New Mexico and train at the acclaimed Jackson Wink MMA Academy. So, DC, tap in or tap out Ferguson continuing to make changes to his camp this late in his career. Man, it's a bit of a tough one, right? Because I tap in on him chasing down that past greatness. I just don't know if there's any more of that, Ryan. I just... I just believe that we all have a time. Like, we all have a time. Yeah. And I believe that the time's gone. I don't believe that much is going to change for Tony Ferguson with the camp change. I just believe that his time has passed, and um, no camp change is going to change that. Yeah, so here's what I tap in on. I tap in on the fact that he's currently fighting. And if you're still currently fighting, you should always try to improve your game. And so if you believe that changing camps and getting a fresh outlook on who you are, some fresh eyes and some different training on different aspects of the fight game and the fighter that you are. I tap in on always trying to improve that if you're going to continue to step into the octagon. Corporate Jake. Tyson Fury announced earlier this week that he is coming out of retirement and eyeing a trilogy fight with Derek Chisora. RC, tap in or tap out on Fury coming out of retirement, but not for the undisputed heavyweight championship. <laughs> I tap out on this. I, I tap out on this because, one, we all know that fighters, they retire and unretire, so that's not a big deal. But I think Tyson Fury is now at the point where he should be only be taking the biggest fights that mean the most. And I don't believe that this fight means the most for Tyson Fury, his legacy, or for the sport of boxing. Ryan Clark, when did Tyson Fury retire? When did he retire? I didn't even know Tyson Fury retired. retired. Yeah, he but just retired, when? bro. <laughs> but like I saw he, said, he won he the said last he fight. fight. He, said, <laughs> he said he'd take Anthony, he'd take the Anthony Joshua fight for free. He said no one's gonna get paid off of that fight. You don't remember that? He'd be come out retirement but, but yeah, and do but, that, DC. I remember he had the big fight overseas where they had all those people in yep. Wimbledon Stadium, I think. But I I mean the big lead he up retired the, after, But you remember he bought Francis Ngannou into the ring that didn't look like a guy that retired, was retired. He retired after that, DC. He retired <laughs> after that. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? I didn't even know the dude retired. But that is, see, that speaks to fighter retirements because that is some absolute yeah. BS, dog. Like, I didn't even have <laughs> Corporate J, go to the next one. All right, guys. 13 years ago this week, Anderson Silva defeated Forrest Griffin at UFC 101 in what many have called one of the best performances in the history of the UFC. RC, tap in or tap out that this was Anderson's greatest performance of his Hall of Fame career. I tap in that it was the most entertaining one for me. The the level of, I'm not going to call it cockiness or arrogance, the level <laughs> of confidence, hands down, the head movement, fighting off Ooh. of the back foot, leading. It, it was just, and, and, and to me at that time, Forrest Griffin was just tough, right? He was just a mm -hmm. tough, hard-nosed fighter. And Anderson Silva made him look like, Anderson Silva made him look like he was back on the ultimate fighter. It was truly yeah. one of the greatest MMA performances of all time. RC, I'm going to tell you this right now. I've never told you this story, 
But this was the night I fell in love with mixed martial arts. This night wow. was the it was the first night I ever went to a, a live UFC event. It was in Philadelphia. Uh, and I went with Mike DeSabato from Cage Fighter, this company that sponsored me early in my career. And I watched Anderson Silva do something I never could have imagined. The co-main event was Kenny Florian versus BJ Penn for the lightweight championship of the world. I, I watched the dude, that, yes. and I was like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I, I set a goal that on that day, I was like, I have to be the world champion. And I remember Anderson wow. being so much bigger than the sport of mixed martial arts because, Ryan, as I'm leaving the day after, I'm in the airport and Roy Jones leaves. Because you remember at the time, Roy Jones wanted to box Anderson. Yeah. I was like, yep. this dude is truly something special. And I got to also see the thrill and the agony, right? I saw the, the celebration of Anderson, but Ryan, I was I had the same management as Forrest. So I went to his oh, wow. after party and I saw the disappointment of the Forrest Griffin side of everything. And bro, the the ups and the downs of that that night was when I fell in love with the sport. And and, and I, I thank Anderson Silva for that, a guy that I ultimately got to share the octagon with. That that was that was one of the most special nights of my life in, in mixed martial arts. Yeah, man, that's a now that, now that, that that's a dope story, man. And I think it's stories like that that show people why you develop the love for the sports mm -hmm. we ultimately get an opportunity to participate in. But DC, this one was fun, man. Your boy Islam yeah, was. is absolutely <laughs> out of his mind. He'll say whatever he wants to. <laughs> And that's going to, if he is the champion, it's actually going to make him a better champion because mm -hmm. he'll build fights in a way that Habib Nurmagomedov never did. But man, I'm traveling around. There is no better time of the week for me, bro, than to sit down with you for 45 minutes to an hour and talk a sport I love so much, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Yo, bro. And hey, keep, 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 keep doing what you're doing, man. Hey, NFL's back. I'm all excited about yep. it. I know you're about to be super busy. But it's been good. But you know, Islam, the, the 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 Islam to say that people don't understand Charles because he doesn't speak English as to be the most iconic hey, line that I've heard I, in a really long hey, time. Dude, iconic, you barely no, speak English. You <laughs> Islam, you barely speak English, my friend. Guys, DC and RC every All Tuesday love. and Tuesday night on ESPN2. Until next time. We'll see you later. Peace.